Bo and Luke Nation, discover your leadership edge with Edge Leadership Academy. Their expert coaching transforms high performers into influential leaders. Whether in business or athletics, they tailor their approach to your unique journey. Embrace their mentorship and workshops to elevate your leadership skills. Join the ranks of those who lead with confidence and purpose. Visit edgeleadershipacademy.com to start your transformation. Edge Leadership Academy, where leaders are made. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello, ASHRA listeners. Welcome to another episode of the ASHRA podcast. I'm your co-host, Luke Kerrigan, here with our wonderful other co-host, Bo Brabo. And we have the pleasure of having James Barron join us today. Uh, James is the Director of Equity and Inclusion at UNC Health in North Carolina. Love the organization. I did, uh, don't want to give too much TMI here, but uh, I did IVF twice with my wife over at UNC Health. So I got two beautiful little babies to thank UNC Health for. So something close to my heart. Uh, James, welcome to the show. James has been at UNC Health for about five years. He spent about five years at the Cleveland Clinic, another six years at UT MD Anderson Cancer Center. So some great experience in the space. Uh, James, we're super happy to have you here. And one thing I wanted to kick off on is, you know, we were chatting before the podcast and I said, oh, you know, James is the director of diversity, equity and inclusion at UNC Health. And he said, we actually dropped the D from DE&I. So I thought that would be a great place to start. Uh, and James, you know, explain that to us and then uh, just help our listeners be better. Okay. Uh, thanks, Luke. Uh, and I will start actually by saying that I was the uh, president of the Houston uh, chapter of ASHRA uh, for a number oh, of years. Wonderful. Before I moved to, uh, moved to Cleveland Clinic. Uh, so, yay. Hello. Thanks for having me. So uh, when... when uh, we started looking at what we were doing uh, and started diving into numbers. One of the things that was very clear to us is that we've got the diversity. Uh, our organization um, uh, in, in many ways resembles uh, the, uh, the population of North Carolina. Uh, our mission is to improve the health and well-being of all North Carolinians and others who we serve. Uh, and from that platform, uh, it seemed natural to move into equity and inclusion. Equity in the way in which we uh, recruit, uh, promote, uh, transfer and move people through the system. Uh, equity in the way in which we listen to our uh, teammates. We call our uh, employees teammates, like probably a lot of people here. Uh, and um, a good example of that is with our last uh, DEI survey, uh, two questions that stand out to me, uh, perspectives like mine are included in decision-making, uh, and I have someone who supports my success. Uh, those kinds of things are, are integral to this idea of inclusion. Uh, we're, like most organisations, we are interested in uh, retention. Uh, it's an enormous issue. Uh, and we're uh, in the equity and inclusion department. We're included in those initiatives as well, which are everything from, uh, from benefits to uh, providing opportunities to uh, build skills uh, 
uh, and look at the way in which we uh, move people through the system. I think that's amazing. And I think, Luke, what, what James is talking about, and I don't want to gloss over this because I think it's critical. James, you, you know, when you mentioned that, you looked at the numbers, right? So you had a data-driven decision that says, that basically said, we have diversity. So if we have diversity, we're doing all the things that the, the, the UNC Health is doing what needs to be done, has been doing, and we have a diverse population. And the next important thing was that's representative of your community and where you work and where you operate and, and serve North Carolina. I think that is so critical uh, to, to maybe people struggling in other organizations that you, you have to sit, take some time and actually look at your data. And you have to use your data to help you help inform your leadership, help make decisions on where you're going to go with any type of, whether it's diversity, uh, the equity or inclusion programs that you might put in place. Um, I think that's critical. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And uh, to borrow from our nursing colleagues, um, evidence-based practice. Yeah, that's perfect. What do you think about that, Luke? Yeah, I think it's super cool. And I've also, I've always wondered that because when I look at healthcare as a whole, uh, the healthcare industry, industry itself has always been ver a very diverse industry. And I think matching its community because there's so many open positions uh, that the community can join, right? I mean, it's usually the largest employer in any community, uh, you know, especially once you get out of major metro areas. James, I, I love what you're doing. Tell me, so what business initiatives is equity and inclusion aligning to? Because I uh, was reading on your LinkedIn, uh, you know, a, a quote here, I, I'd say a recommendation really from Scott Doak, your SVP at UNC Health. And it talks about uh, you, you finding common ground and focusing on what will deliver the business benefit. So how are you connecting those two and what kinds of initiatives are you working on today for that? Yeah, I, I think a, a great example is our employee resource groups, um, which we are expand, expanding kind of out uh, across the system. And really, it's our job to make to connect those dots for managers. Uh, that uh, not just throwing a whole lot of data at them. But, you know, there is so much data out there that says if you have employee resource groups, you will increase engagement by this amount among everybody, this amount by people who are leaders. But really, kind of give them some kind of solid um, ideas of how this can be beneficial to them. And the issue, of course, these days is retention. Uh, it's you know when it comes down to the way in which uh, organisations can engage their employees and build that sense of belonging. It comes down to careers, cause, and community. Um, careers: Are we building? Are we providing you uh, opportunities to build your career? Uh, are we providing uh, uh, skill sets that are going to enable you to move through uh, the healthcare system and hopefully stay uh, at uh, UNC Health? Are we engaging in initiatives that build community? Because one of the things we know is if you build community within a department or within a division, that um, drives engagement and an engaged workforce is going to be much more responsive to the customer, in our case, the patients, and that means that uh, we're delivering uh, quality care at UNC Health. We refer to it as Carolina Care, so we're delivering the best care possible, uh, and that's what that's our, our business uh, as a as a healthcare leader. My role 
uh, is to do everything I can do to ensure that the quality of care that we deliver uh, is uh, the best available in North Carolina. Oh, that's super cool. Tell me a little bit more about the resource groups you're setting up. Uh, what types of groups are you setting up? What do the participants do once they're in the group? Um, okay, yeah. Uh, the, um, the the groups themselves were set up in uh, uh, through 2019, and I think we all know what happened uh, in March 2020. Uh, so there was there there was quite quite a, a limited idea of how to move forward. And I will say, at, at one point, you know, we, we were cancelling programs because we couldn't do them in person. Um, that lasted about four months uh, until we kind of learned how to... We use WebEx as our platform. Um, and when we, when we kind of felt comfortable enough, we then introduced this idea that all of the events and programs, whether they were going to be in person or not, had to have a, a virtual uh, element to them which opened up the whole of North Carolina uh, to our employee resource groups. Uh, so what we're doing with them is we're, um, we're launching them um, to, our, to our system um, actively. I, I was in a meeting the other day and we had uh, people from across the whole system. Uh, so it's happened, uh, but now we're just kind of telling everyone about it. Uh, so, so I think the other thing that we're doing with this is there is retention, there is engagement, and all of that has to be connected uh, to patient care. Uh, that the engagement, you know, anywhere, whether you're um, working at um, Walmart uh, or Sloan Kettering, Mayo Clinic, or UNC Health, an engaged uh, employee is going to deliver a much better quality of service. And here, our service is saving people's lives. Yeah. I think that is so important. Yeah, it is. And I think it's so important in how you describe that because really, whether it's in healthcare or any, any organization, right, regardless of what you're looking at, and if you're working, if you're an HR professional or it's taken outside of HR, if you're in the equity and inclusion space, that you can't lose focus of why, you know, basically the mission of the business. Why does that business exist? In healthcare, it's patient. It's to take care of patients and to save lives. Right. So if you're not tying things to the mission, you could end up down the wrong path, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And I can remember um, uh, it was an answer to an interview question that I had when I first joined here is that, uh, you know, why was, was asked. And, and it came down to the idea that I don't think I'd be as passionate about the work that I'm doing here if, for example, I was working for a greeting cards company. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there are still lots of very meaningful work that you can do uh, in equity and inclusion outside healthcare. But for me, the connection really is to um, that idea. If we do this right, we're saving lives. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very real, for sure. Awesome. Yeah, I, you know what I, love so, what I love so much about healthcare HR is it, but with, in everything we learn, there's like a healthy dose of common sense. Yeah. In everything healthcare HR related, because it's uh, everything's related to people, right? Yep. So what I'm hearing when James, what I'm hearing when you're describing the employee resource groups and everything like that, is you know, well, if we can put people together that have shared values and give them a sense of community, we're going to have better business outcomes. Which, you know, call it what you will, that's just 
to me, that's just common sense. But, you know, we had a guest, uh, the former t- uh, chief instructor at Top Gun, Mike Barger. He had a quote that said, common sense isn't common knowledge, which I thought was so true and uh, very insightful. But, um, but yeah, that, that's kind of what I'm hearing. It's like, you know what? I feel like healthcare departments and uh, HR groups could get a lot closer to solving the problem and driving it back to the business benefit. They're a lot closer than they might think they are. Do you, do you think that's true, James? Mm-hmm. If we listen, hmm. fair, and uh, the whole the and and the whole idea of what's out of, of you know these days is what's your listening strategy. Um, it, to me, is um, is important, and I think that um, more and more uh, healthcare systems are developing ways to listen to their communities and listening to, to their teammates. Uh, that that's what we're trying to do, rather than push information out. What are ways in which we can pull information in uh, from our teammates? We've already got uh, ways to do it for patients. Uh, there's those those paper forms that we all send to all our patients. Um, then there is uh, other ways in which we get meaningful information as well. Uh, but for uh, for our teammates, uh, I can can't, I can't remember who said it. I, mean, I wish I had. Uh, for example, with a survey. If you do some, what other metric do we use uh, that we only uh, measure once every two years? Yeah. Uh, so, so the so an ongoing listening strategy to me uh, is complementing the work we're doing with the employer resource groups yeah. and complementing the work that we're doing um, around teammate development. I think that's so critical. We talked to a couple of. Uh, uh, best-selling authors in the higher higher education arena, and we talked specifically on communication, and you just nailed it. And your your response, if we listen, um, was key. And, and we talked about this concept where there is so much information out there. A lot of people talk about how to how to how to spread your message, uh, written, speaking, whatever. How to get your message out there. How to talk. How to be a better speaker. But it's very limited when you talk about probably the most critical part of communication, which is listening, right? Um, so I, I love that you said that, and I think it's so critical. The more we listen, the more we learn how to listen, the more frequently we listen, and it's not just once a year on a survey that we that we are asking for feedback and, and then hopefully we're listening to what we're being told, whether that's patients, employees, customers, whomever. Um, so I think that's a key aspect for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's that... Um that uh, that silly old acronym about um, one mouth and two ears. Aphorism, that's it. That, that silly old aphorism about one mouth and two ears. Yeah, absolutely. That's right. I got to tell you guys, listening sounds like common sense too. <laughs> it does. It really does. But we like to talk. It seems like we like to talk more than we like to listen, especially from a... I don't know, from a leadership perspective, you almost feel like you have to be talking, but in reality, you, you really need to be listening, I think, more than you're speaking. A, a ground rule I'm seeing in a lot of, um, uh, a, a lot, lot of places I go is wait, uh, mm. which is why am I talking? No, oh, I love that. Yeah. James, how do you create an environment where because in order to listen, people have to be willing to share and comfortable enough to talk, right? 
and at work like that, that line can get blurry. I feel like, what do you do at UNC health to create an environment where people want to share so you can get that information? I think, I, I think that that's, that is something that, um, the way I'm working on, but about the only thing that I can, I can think of is, um, ongoing communication. Uh, for example, we've learnt with our employee resource group, and sorry to come back to that all the time, we've learnt with them is that um, we have a monthly newsletter. Everyone on, a, on those distribution lists are part of that newsletter. But also what we're doing is between meetings, uh, remember, remember, register for the meeting. Remember, register for the meeting. Uh, and it goes out two or three times. Uh, just to ensure, because we, we're dealing with a lot of very, very busy people, uh, sure. and the and and you want to get in front of them, you can't just say, "Here, come over here and do that once." Yeah, it, it's on, ongoing communication. To me, is the is the important part of it. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and and that and that can tell us kind of how uh, who responds to what. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome to Be No Do Fitness, where your journey to a healthier, stronger you begins. Inspired by the Bo and Luke Show, we offer gear that empowers your fitness journey. From innovative workout essentials to inspiring wellness products, we have something for everyone in the family. Visit BeNoDoFitness.com today and step into a world of fitness that motivates and supports you at every step. Remember, it's not just about being fit. It's about being knowledgeable and taking action. Be No Do Fitness, where your transformation awaits. Visit us now at BeNoDoFitness.com. You know, Luke, that's yeah, like that's internal cool. an internal sales operation. You got it. I mean, they're, who, yes. they're your target audience that you want to get. You got to get in front of them more than one time. Yeah. Yep. All the time, right? Yep. It reminds me, Bo, too, when you talk about your experience with the military, you know, um, I have a feeling, well, just from what you've told me, they reinforce everything and ask again and again and again and again and again. Yeah, uh, for sure. And it works. It works. Absolutely. It, I think they're pretty, they're pretty good at that. Um, so listening, creating employee resource groups. Where would you tell somebody to start, James, if they have nothing set up and in place right now? Because I feel like a lot of organizations aren't as far along on their journey as UNC health is. Uh, so for the listeners that are out there like, wow, I really need to start this out. I don't know how much time I can devote to it, what to do. What would be your advice to them? I, I would start with um, data. Uh, I would look at um, what does our organization look like? So you're speaking uh, from a place of knowledge and that would, that would push the why. Uh, and I'm, by data, I just don't mean demographics of your workforce, who's, it is what, who's leaving, where are they leaving, what, is, what are transfers look like, what does our engagement survey data look like, all of those. And then, um, quite frankly, kind of leverage everything you can find um, on the internet. internet sorry. Uh, uh, I am I'm, I'm writing a presentation about our employee resource groups. I've been working in this area for... Um, uh, probably uh, about 10 or 11 years. Uh, and I still go, and if I want to find something, um, I look to see what 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 are, the, what are kind of the whisperers saying about this. Mm -hmm. uh, 
and uh, I've been able to bring in a couple of a uh, couple of ideas that I have I knew, but now I've got something that backs it up. It's with data. It's from the Harvard Business Review, uh, so it's not kind of like um, Bob's uh, Bob's workshop and uh, and consultancy. So what we're uh, we're trying to do is think about new ways to talk about what we're doing, uh, as well as ensuring that uh, uh, there is an ongoing learning environment among the team in equity and inclusion. That uh, you know, look look for look for a conference on employee resource groups, uh, and kind of get yourself some background uh, in yeah. there as well. Uh, if you've kind of been lucky enough to uh, get somebody who get, get approval for some hires, put that in the job description. You want someone who's got experience working with employee resource groups. Uh, so, some very very simple ideas uh, that we can. Kind of used to um, get the get it started, and of course, once you've got the data, how you present the data to leadership to gain their input is very important. Never go into a meeting um, uh, without a solution. Yeah. Now, sorry, if you're presenting a problem, never go into a meeting without a solution. Actually, a solution or two. Yep. No, I could not agree with that more. That's great advice. Yeah. Yeah. James, you know the the folks like yourself that always that come on this podcast, the the people that have moved the the ball the furthest along, they all say the same thing that you did. We ask them like, "How do you do it?" And they go, uh, "Start with Google and just start your project and start learning and push it forward." Uh, again, common sense. I think you know it's uh, it's funny, isn't it funny, Bo, that the people that are furthest along are the ones saying, "Just start." <laughs> it's like the biggest barrier is just starting. Mm. Yeah, you got to take action and start small. Uh, Yes, start small because the uh, the the it is inevitable that your first iteration of how things can be and this is the best way it can be will um, not last a long time. Is it? I can't remember if it was it Napoleon or the Duke of Wellington who said that uh, no battle plan survives the first shot. I, I think that was Napoleon. Yeah. 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 And it's, I think, I think Mike Tyson probably stole that from him, you know, where everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face. Right. No. So, <laughs> That's great. Yeah. I do yeah. boxing. No, I had that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that is super, super good advice. And I like that. Uh, absolutely. Get some data, get some knowledge. And if you're presenting, if you think there's a problem, make sure that you have a solution or two. Um, mm. And that's just a great framework for for decision making a decision making process. You know, my old army days, MDMP, military decision making process, and that's exactly you would never go in front of a commander unless and, and present unless you had that all laid out. And you're and this is exactly what you're presenting. This is the problem. This is what we're trying to solve. This is the data that that backs up why we think we have a problem. Here are at least three proposed solutions, maybe four. One's probably a throwaway that you know they're not gonna gonna do, but if anything else, what you're doing is you're presenting that you you did some thorough research, you took some time, you put thought, maybe you gathered other people around to also put thought and feedback into what you're presenting, and then it gives that executive leader an ability to to really grasp what you're what you're showing, what you're presenting, and even if they don't grasp any of the solutions or grab onto those solutions to go forward. Maybe they have other ideas and they put you on a, on a different path, 
but at least you've got their attention and you've got the attention of um, yeah. this issue. And now you can actually start moving forward in, in whatever small steps you can so that it sticks. I think that was a great point, James. And, yeah. You know, it, it, you got to do that. You need it to stick. Got to be sticky. Mm. Excellent. Right. Well, Jay, James, this has been fantastic. So there's a lot of good nuggets in here where I think uh, folks can go and, you know, start, improve. And that's what this is all about. Uh, for the last few seconds here, we just like to give you the floor. You can say whatever you want. You can give shout outs to people. Uh, and then we'll just end it after that. But James, the floor is yours. Yeah, I, I think uh, uh, when, when I agreed to do this, I, I, I thought about it in terms of my experience and some of the things that, um, that I'm doing. So uh, this has really been kind of like my opinion about uh, uh, how we how we're moving forward. I mean, we've got some great inspirational leaders in equity and inclusion uh, at um, UNC Health. Uh, you know, my boss uh, Leah Pryor Panky is just brilliant. If I was half as good at doing a presentation as she was, um, I would be three times more effective. <laughs> uh, and, and she she is just um, amazing. We uh, I came in here just after, probably about two years after she took on the job. Um, and then kind of pulling it all together with an amazing vision and framework uh, is our Chief Equity and Inclusion Officer, Dr. Audrea Caesar. I mean, the, the way in which she's transformed, um, the way in which I work and I'm more effective, um, more focused, uh, is just, uh, it's, it's that idea of having a framework, not just having a series of strategies. Mm -hmm. uh, we know where things fit. And, you know, as a team, you know, we're really working together. I will say that um, I used to think of myself as someone who was really comfortable with change, but the way in which he has changed it has kind of made me go, am I where I need to be? <laughs> <laughs> but, again, but the encouragement, I mean, we're looking at things like, you know, we're, we're a values-based department. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, what are our values? Uh, and that informs everything that we do. We we'll work with each other. So I, uh, if anyone's thinking about uh, uh, joining UNC Health, uh, uh, please uh, don't, don't, don't hesitate to reach out to me. It's a fairly simple name, James Barron, uh, and I'm on LinkedIn. Nice. Happy to, happy to receive the email. So uh, I'm... I know that was a bit of a plug, but I feel I need to say. No, that's good. No, you, you're welcome to plug. Absolutely. That's plug time. It's all good. Yeah. Well, James, we really appreciate you. Uh, appreciate what UNC Health is doing out there uh, in the industry as well. You're always welcome back on here. Uh, but I think you passed on some good lessons and insights. To yeah, the absolutely. So we really appreciate I'll come back time. and tell you how that, uh, how that EIG expansion went. Yeah, for sure. Please Perfect. do. Perfect. Okay. Please do. Please do. Well, listeners, this is James Barron from UNC Health. I'm Luke and Bo, and uh, that's a wrap.